Okay. Um, let me pray for us and we'll start, okay? Let's pray. Father, we just give you thanks for uh, the benefit that in you we are found, that we can quit searching, that we can quit trying to make a life and build a life for ourselves so that we can be seen, noticed, cherished, and loved, and that you have done these things for us um, and given us life in Jesus. So I pray tonight that you'd help us to know how to, yeah, how to live in light of this reality, that we are a found people in Christ. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Well, if you picked up on my on my prayer, um, my my uh, my from generation to generation, right? So we've been doing a series here on what was the one thing that you would want to pass on to the next generation, you guys. And for me, it's this reality. It's this this quick statement it's that in Christ you are found. Just that's it. In Christ you are found. And what I mean by that is this: is that we spend so much energy in our lives to be seen to be noticed, to be loved, to be cherished, to be valued. We spend so much energy trying to get people's attention, so much energy trying to be found because we have this deep understanding, whether we're conscious of it or not, that we're lost and we are longing to be found. There's a great book, uh, The Soul of Shame by Kurt Thompson. He's just a Christian uh, author, psychologist, counselor in a lot of things. He says this, We are all born into the world looking for someone looking for us. And that we remain in this mode of searching for the rest of our lives. We are all born into a world looking for someone looking for us. And we remain in this mode of searching for the rest of our lives. You know, when Adam, when God created Adam, he took dust from the earth and he made a lifeless body on the ground. And then he breathed the breath of life into his lungs, and Adam became a living being, a human being. And before Adam was made, God said this about Adam, let us make man in our own image, right? So so humanity, according to God, is dependent. Humanity, according to God, finds its meaning, its significance, its existence, its everything in light of someone else. And that someone else is God. So therefore, we are all born into this world with someone looking for us. It's in our nature to want to be seen. And that thing that we are longing to be seen by is God. The image that we are supposed to be reflecting to be an intimate relationship so that we can do what we were created to do. But unfortunately, as the story goes, we wanted to find ourselves, right? We wanted to be our own. We wanted to exist and find our own sense of meaning, purpose, significance, and joy. And it actually resulted in our death. Um, We are longing to be found. And maybe you're longing to be found. And maybe you don't know it. But maybe you're conscious of it. Like maybe, maybe you are so hungry for attention, so hungry for affection, that you'll do anything to be noticed, that you'll do anything to be loved. And actually, that's a good longing. We just do the wrong thing with our good longings because it's, it's, it's God who gave us this longing. That's what it means to be an image bearer, to, to know something intimately and therefore reflect it to others. We are born to be found and find our sense of foundness in God. You know, the, the text that I want us to kind of like use tonight just to kind of 
to, to let this idea sink in is 1 Corinthians 15, 22, and it says this. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ all shall be made alive. Uh, you know, a lot of you have heard my story. I didn't grow up uh, believing in Jesus. Um, I actually really, I really grew up knowing nothing about Christianity, its teachings. Um, you know, I, I probably could articulate that Jesus, like, died, and, and I remember seeing the Passion of the Cross in the theaters when I was, like, a teenager, um, and that, 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 that impacted me to, under, to want to, like, I don't know, it was like, who is this Jesus figure, and why did he do this gruesome death? But it never really, you know, that was kind of, that, that curiosity lay dormant for a couple years. Um, but yeah, I, I grew up not really knowing Jesus, and when I went to college, I, yeah, I, I, I had lived a life longing to be found. Um, I, I tried to be found in my performance on the baseball field, I tried to be found in my performance in the classroom. I tried to be found in my friendships, right? I was a really popular, go-lucky guy, right? Because I, I was looking for that to provide for me a sense of significance and meaning. I found my, my sense of fi- being found in, in, in relationships, right? Uh, you name it, I tried it. But there was always this deep sense of this isn't enough. E- either something is wrong with me and, I, and, and I, can't, I can't find the right thing to make me happy, or there's just something just off about the world because I can't, I can't quench this longing. So when I was in a Bible study for the first time, and I had somebody explain to me who God was, and that, and that God created humanity, and he created humanity to live in special relationship with him, but humanity turned their back on God. And because of that, brought about this penalty of death into the world. It all made sense to me. I was like, yeah, I... I, I get this. I understand this concept of sin and shame. I, I can feel it. I see it all around me, and I experience it in my own life. Something is wrong with me. Something is wrong with them. Something is wrong with my world. I, I got it. And then, then a little bit further, I started to learn about Jesus, and how, how Jesus is the great rescuer, how Jesus is the great redeemer. And I began to think, wow, like there's actually an escape. There, there's a way out. There's freedom. That, that, that humanity, and I'm not stuck in this state of lostness forever. That, that God in his, in his goodness and in his grace has provided a way out. And I was like, I want to know this Jesus guy. And about a year of that, wanting to figure it out, I began to believe. I began to really understand that not only has Jesus rescued me, but he's bringing out this ministry of rescue through me. And it, and it changed my life completely. That my relationship with Jesus is more than just about my individual salvation, but that Jesus' promise, you know, the last two things that Jesus says in John's revelation, the second to last thing he says is, I am making all things new. And then you know what he says after that? His last words, behold, I am coming soon. And I, I, just, I was just like, yes, like this is the thing. This is, this is what, what humanity needs, and this is, what, this is what the cure to everything is, that God created man, and man rebelled against God, but God in his grace came to rescue man, and he is bringing about this rescue story for all of humanity. It made perfect sense, and it captivated my life, like captivated me in, fifth, I don't know, 2006, whatever the math is, however many years that is, it's, it's kept me captivated. You know, some seasons more exciting than others, but this I've never not been captivated by this story, right? But, but, and it's because 
I knew what it meant, right? I knew not just, I couldn't just recite for an Adam all died, but I knew in Eric I am dead. I felt it. I experienced it. And I tried everything I could to fix myself, but couldn't. I lost my sense of identity. I felt it. I didn't know who I was. I tried to figure it out. I tried earnestly to answer this question the best I could. Who am I? I tried my best to figure out why can't I be happy? Why is happiness so fleeting? Why can't I just figure out how to be happy? What's wrong with me? My, I, I knew what it felt like to not belong. Right? I didn't know where I could go to feel safe. Like, what does it mean to be safe? And, and how do you find that place of safety? I longed for it, but I couldn't find it. And I knew what it meant to be dead in the sense I lost my sense of significance. Right? Why can't I succeed? Why? Why? And it really was failure. Right? I, I, I went to college to play baseball. I tried really, really hard, and I got cut. And I was like, why, why, why can't, why is it when I give my best, I fail? Like, why can't I succeed? But it wasn't just that, too. It was other things. It was with relationships. It was with friendships. It was with academics, right? Why can't I succeed? And it's because I was longing to be found. I was longing to be found, and I, and I, and I didn't have peace until I found Jesus or Actually, when Jesus found me, right? The acquiring loss and illusion of identity, fulfillment, belonging, and significance. I don't, I don't know how you answer those questions for yourself, right? But I know if you, if you answer them outside of anything, outside of Jesus, and outside of Christ, you, you, you won't find what you're looking for. You won't. You can't fix yourself, right? And you can't fix it. Whatever it is, whatever you think is the source of your discomfort, right? The world that you live in, a certain political party that drives you crazy. I don't know. Whatever it, whatever it is, right, you can't fix it. There has to be something more to rescue what has been lost, right? What has been lost in, with Adam is now found in Christ. Our salvation in Christ results in our recreation and the finding of our true sense of identity, fulfillment, belonging, and significance. And I, I, I share this often, right? Um, you know, the the... the the reality, like I'm talking, and I, and I mentioned this a little bit, you know, just a second ago as I've been talking, but really, you know, our salvation, right, is, is not just from sin. There, there, is, there is a whole world of benefit that comes from being reconciled to God, right, being reconciled to God. And, it, and we are, our sense of identity, fulfillment, belonging, and significance are recreated in Him. And, and, it's, and, and, and how, how is this true, right? How has this happened? Well, let, let me tell you a story. The Bible story, right? You know, in the beginning there was God. Okay, and you, many of you have seen me do this before, so, right? It was God. God existed in, 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 in perfect form, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And out of that perfect relationship of giving, he creates Adam, right? He creates Adam in his image. And then he puts Adam to sleep and takes out a rib, and he creates Eve, Right? And they lived in perfect relationship with one another. You know, Adam was given this task, right? He had a responsibility, and he lived in perfect relationship with himself. He knew why he was there, what he was supposed to do, and why he existed. And God did not create Adam and Eve to float in space, but he put them on this place called Earth. 
And he called them to cultivate it, to have a relationship with this place and to figure it out, to cultivate it, to know it, and to, and to recreate what he had created to go from a great garden to a great city where God would dwell with his people, right? That was the great beginning. But then a problem happened. Is that God, Adam said, I, I, don't, I don't need you, right? I can actually figure this out myself. He, he decided, Adam and Eve decided to walk away from God, right? And when that happened, there became not just problem with Adam and God, but, but also Adam and Eve. Humanity began to live in enmity with one another, right? They couldn't get along. They were ashamed. They were naked and afraid. Not only that, too, but, but you know, Adam also was broken himself, right? He, he shame entered the world, and he hid from God. From God. He, he realized that there was something wrong with himself, that so much so that he ran from God, and he pursued life apart from God. Not only that, but, but there's also something wrong with, with the task that God gave Adam to have, and Eve to have dominion over this world, right? If we look at the curse in Genesis 3, it says thorns and thistles, right? Is that, is that because death entered the world, nothing that we create lives. Nothing that man has created will stand the test of time. Just like man, the things that we create die. Cars go out, buildings crumble, you name it, right? Um, that's, a, that's, that's a huge problem, right? That's a great problem. But here's the great solution, the great promise, is that in Genesis 3.15, immediately God says, I will put enmity between you and the woman. And he's talking to the serpent. And between your offspring and her offspring, he shall bruise your he- head. Right, so the serpent shall bruise, um, you shall bru- he shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. But the serpent, the great serpent crusher, as I'm trying to say, will come and would make all things new, right? And he did, and his name is Jesus, right? Jesus is the great solution to the great problem. And he is, this, he is, the, he is the fulfillment of the great promise, because in Jesus, we are now reconciled to God. We still have sin. Right? We still don't live perfectly with God. And it has its consequence. But, but, but we are reconciled to God. But not only that. But we're also reconciled. We can have reconciliation with one another. That we can, we can have true life-giving relationship. We can, have, we can have life with ourselves. Right? We know ourselves. Jesus you know, restores our relationship with ourselves to know who we are, how we're gifted, not only that, but too, he restores our, our, our task, right, to have dominion over this earth and to cultivate it for um, the glory of God and the good of others. Jesus is the great solution, but he's also the great resolution. Is that, is that God, through Jesus, is working out and, like I said, restoring all things. He's restoring our relationship with God, our relationship with ourselves, our relationship with others, and our relationship with God's creation. And when, and when I, like I said, when I came to understand this, it captivated me. It, it, it changed me because I realized that it's in Jesus that I'm found. That the things that I was looking to to provide for me a sense of foundness, a sense of, of I'm, I, I've been seen, right? I, I can be known, I've been loved, uh, are found in Jesus. What has been lost in Adam is now found in Christ. And you know, when, when Adam came, God came to Adam he asked him a question. He said, where are you, right? Um, 
said, where are you? So fundamentally, where we, where we are with God defines everything, right? We, we can try our hardest to fix ourselves. We can try our hardest to fix our relationships. We can try our hardest to live purposeful, meaningful lives in this world. But if we try to do it apart from the reconciliation given to us in Jesus, we won't have it. So the question is always, where are you? Are you, are you trying to fix yourself, right? Are you, trying, are you trying anxiously to fix your relationships? And, and, and are you just living for the approval of others because you're, you're so scared to death that somebody might reject you, right? Is, are you just driven by this desire to be significant, this desire to do something with your life, to have something, to have significance? Those aren't bad longings. Should, should you long to want to cultivate the earth and have purpose of living? Of course. Should you want to long to be a whole person, like to, to not be off and to be happy and joyful? Should you long to want to have healthy relationships? Of course. But if you try to do it apart from God, you'll never have it. You'll never have it. And that's what I want you to know, that don't waste your time laboring for this. Focus your eyes on this, and this will happen. If you're found in God, you will be free. You will be free. You will be free. Are you found with God? Or are you lost without him? Are you being made alive in Christ? Or are you being made dead in Adam? You know, where's your sense of identity? If you're, if, you're, if you're feeling lost in Adam, it's when you're enslaved to this curse, this curse of self-invention, right? There, there is nothing more, um, just, just, there's nothing more paralyzing than this idea that you have to invent yourself, that you have to become something, that you have to present yourself in a particular type of image to be liked by other people. That's death in Adam. To be made alive in Christ is you're free. You're free because your identity is found in your reality and the promise that you are a child of God. What's your sense of fulfillment? You know, to be lost in Adam means that you're enslaved to the curse of hiding. When you wrong somebody or wrong something or do something wrong, do you run, do you hide, or do you face the consequence, right? Because in Jesus, because he speaks what's true of you, that there is no condemnation for you in Christ Jesus. When you wrong somebody, or do something wrong, you're free to face the consequence because those consequences don't define you and your bad behavior doesn't define you. But Jesus and what he says about you defines you. You're free to be exposed and safe. Like that's what it means to have a holistic relationship with people. Like I can, I can offer myself to you and you love me and, I, and you can offer yourself to me. All your pain, all your issues, all your inconsistencies, all your fickleness and still be accepted. Where's your sense of belonging, right? Are you enslaved to this curse of objectification, right? What does that mean? Do you just see people as objects to your own means and glory, right? Or do you see people for people, right? Do you just use people to feel better about yourself? Do you just use people to, to make you feel like you belong? Or do you really care about other people, right? If you're found in Christ, you're free to belong, you're free to be known, to risk being known by others and also know others with those who have a shared sense of belonging. And then, and then where's your sense of significance? You know, if you're lost in Adam, you're, you're enslaved to this curse of malfunction, like I said. You can't get it right. You can try, you can try, you can try, but you will always fail. You'll try out for the baseball team and you won't make it. You'll be somebody smarter, better, more beautiful, 
better paid, better. Right? That's just the reality of the world you live in. But in Christ, you're free to not worry about that. And you're free to use your time, your resources, your relationships for the benefit of other people. Because you got this, right? You got this. Come to Jesus, abide in Jesus. So what does it mean to be found? It means to come to Jesus, right? It means to, 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 to rest in Jesus. Come to me, all who labor and heavy laden, I'll give you rest. If you are longing for rest, right, and that's a good longing, but if you are looking to identities, fulfillment, whatever I said, to, to, to find your sense of foundness, you won't find it. You'll just go from thing to thing to thing. And then the call not is just to come to Jesus, but it's also to stay in Jesus. It's to abide in Jesus. Jesus is the good shepherd, the one who lays down his life for his sheep, right? He, he brings you into his fold, and he keeps you into his fold. And we're called to stay and abide in him and, found, and keep our sense of foundness in him. And, I, and I'll finish with this story about Annie. I've told this story a bunch of times before, but I, one Sunday, um, my daughter Annie, she was probably three then, I don't know, she just got into her idea that we were, we were leaving. So she went out into the parking lot by herself. And we were not leaving. We were all still there. Um, and she was just freaking out. Like, she had gotten to the middle of the parking lot. She couldn't find the car. She couldn't find her mom. She couldn't find her dad. She couldn't find her brother. She couldn't really, she couldn't really figure out who these people were around her. And there were cars, right? She was little. And she was super anxious and super scared. And it was really sweet because uh, our you know, children's uh, ministry person, Cheryl Poole, many of you know Cheryl, uh, she went, saw Annie in her distress and then picked her up, and she was still in distress because it was Cheryl, right? And Cheryl found me and brought Annie to me, and I just scooped her up, and I saw that she was in this sense of lostness and distress. So I picked her up, and I just held her. I said, it's okay. I'm here. I'm here. Your father is here. It's okay. And she came to a realization that I was there, and then she calmed down, right? And she was okay. And, and I tell you that story because that's you. You were my daughter lost in the wilderness, lost in the parking lot, desperately trying to be found. That's you. That's me. That's humanity. Longing to be found, anxious, not knowing where to go, not knowing what to do. And for some, they lear- they've learned to love that, that state, right? But for some... Jesus comes, he picks you up, he carries you to the arms of the Father. And the Father holds you in his arms and says, it's okay, I've found you, you're safe. Friends, that is what it means to be a Christian. I don't know what your concept of Christianity is. I don't know if you think it's a bunch of rules that you're supposed to follow or an emotional experience you're supposed to have. But fundamentally, what it means to be a Christian, it means that you are resting in the arms of your heavenly Father, in the middle of your distress because the Son has brought you into the arms of the Father. That is what it means to be a Christian. And that is what it means to be found. But not only that, is that God has given you the ministry of reconciliation for you to be like Cheryl. To see your friends in the state of their distress and say, it's going to be okay. There's Jesus. Let me go show you him. That is a meaningful and significant life. A life that not only is found in Jesus, but is used by God to help others find Jesus. And the greatest joys in my life have been 
when I became a Christian and found Jesus, and when I've seen friends and family and those close to me come to find Jesus. I have never found a happier happy or more joyful joyful than that. And I've searched high and low. So my prayer for you, as I leave, this is my last talk. You can come to my church. I'm preaching on Sunday here. Then you can come listen to my sermons at Christ Community Church. But this is the last thing I want to say to you. In Jesus, you are found. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this. Thank you for the reality that in Jesus we are found. Thank you for um, your goodness, your grace, your kindness to us, that we are heavy laden. You're anxious. You're lost. You're trying so hard to be found, so hard to fix ourselves, so hard to belong. Forgive us. Father, we surrender to you. Thank you for the, for the means by which you have made us found in Jesus. That he has come, died, and rose again. He didn't just stay in heaven, but he came back to earth to teach and tell us that he will come back. Until he returns, may we abide in the reality that we are found in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.